Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial hey welcome to the show the total financial hour i'm Arif halaby thank you for being with us this morning we talk about your family's finances of course getting out of debt managing money planning for the future what that's all about how do you kind of build your life right financially speaking with the pride with the integrity of the way you lived your life In other words, retirement needs to be a reflection of how you lived. And I think there is there's a a sense that people just slam on the brakes, right? They're running full speed ahead in retirement. They get to that special number or the date or the age or finally the house is paid off, whatever it is. They get to that place and then all of a sudden they slam on the brakes and they stop and they sit in a rocking chair and the four walls in their house become the, the most common scene in their life. And I can't tell you how important it is to fight that, right? I know it's, it's going to seem not fair. I hate that word fair because there's no such thing, right? There's right and there's wrong. Fair is just what whoever's deciding it gets to decide what's fair. I know it's not fair. I know it's not right to walk through life and expect to get to a place where you retire And then you wonder, wait a second, is this what I worked for? It's why you hear a lot of small business owners. Doesn't matter the type of business. It could be a restaurant. It could be a tailor shop. It could be a small manufacturer where the owner is in there every day. 80-year-old. He's in there at 7 a.m. Stays till late. 75 years old, right? Why is it, even though his son or maybe even his grandchildren have taken over, You still see that ongoing stream of folks that never go away from work because they know what's going to happen. Now, they'll take vacations. They'll take time off to to visit or to take the weekend or the holidays or they'll take an extra week during Christmas. But when it comes to the and I'm done, right, slamming on the brakes and, and shutting everything down, they know that if they do that, that both psychologically they'll they'll slow down. But the scary part about the whole thing is they'll also probably get sick and die. We've seen it. Your will to live starts to slow down. Your desire for something other than people are counting on me. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. If the only thing you have to live for is your next doctor's appointment, your hair appointment, or the pharmacy pickup, If that's what your schedule, like you can say, oh, I can't meet with you for lunch on the 13th. Why? Well, because I have a doctor's appointment. My goodness, when you worked, the only way you knew you had a doctor's appointment tomorrow is by looking at your schedule today. It isn't as if these dates are in your mind, as if your child's birthday or your own anniversaries or or your birthdays, right? So consider for a little bit how you kind of got here. And how easy it is to fix. 
Now, it's simple. Maybe it's not easy, but it's certainly simple. It's easy if you say, I am willing to make a change. Look, give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. For a lot of people, they wonder, when is it okay to retire? When is it okay to stop working for money? And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a mathematical thing to stop working for money. As long as you have some or part of your money or whatever percentage, maybe all of it, in a safer place where you can't go backwards when the market declines, where you get to protect your principal and protect your gains, you learn enough, right? You're, you're brilliant at what you do. How do I know that? Well, because people are paying you. If you're not good at what you do, eventually they're not going to pay you anymore. It's not a secret. So somebody thinks you're good at what you do, they pay you. Why does that matter? Because you probably are not good in the financial world. So how do you understand how that works? You just don't, do you? So you have to ask, and that's okay. But in today's world where you can Google it, Bing it, Yahoo, whatever they call it, it's going to be like Kleenex, right? It has its own thing. Suddenly you're going to walk through life and you're going to say, oh, well, you know, have you Facebooked them? And we're talking about something, you know, Facebook went the way of Sears. What happened to them? Oh, I don't know. Woolworth Department Store. What is that, you old person? Well, look it up. It's right next to Zodi's and Gemco. <laughs> Remember those? The hottest, the greatest. The economy zigged, they zagged. So you have to stay up to date. You have to stay up to date computer-wise and financially. But math never changes. One plus one is two. So when I say give us a call, maybe you want some or part of your money protected from the market, right? I was talking with Dennis the other day. We went over a couple of things, and one of those specifically was why the market does what it does. In other words, it's up and it's down, and people rush in and, and people rush out. I said, because it's just like gambling. Walk around a table at your favorite casino or, or the floor, and you're going to see some tables over here. People are screaming and yelling and high-fiving. And some people at this table over here are just sad. Throwing a tip to the dealer and walking away. So why? Because the market is exactly the same thing as a casino floor. There are going to be some winners and there's going to be some losers. But look around. The reason they have a big building and you have a little house is because they never lose, right? It's no different. Wall Street never loses. It doesn't matter how nice your broker is, how many letters, initials, trainings, everything under, under their last name or underneath their business card. I don't care. But what does that mean to you? You're like, oh, all that's nice. Oh, everybody at this table is winning. We're all throwing the dice and everybody's winning. But wait a second. I have only four chips left. You're just happy clapping for everybody else. You're happy that your broker has a wonderful uh, home and their children will go to this private college and you get to clap when, when he takes a great vacation. So I want you to start paying attention to yourself. And we have to understand some of the pressures that are out there. Look, you've heard me talk about pensions in the past. There's something called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Let's make it clear. It's basically, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it simple, it's basically an insurance policy for your insurance, right, for your, for your pension, I mean, where your pension itself has a protection. It has a floor. It has a just-in-case. It says, hey, if the company cannot pay the $4,000 a month in pension, instead what they'll do 
is the Pension Benefit, Benefit Guarantee Corporation will come along and they will pick it up. But usually it's not all of it. Sometimes it's half. Sometimes it's barely half. But the problem that you have and that all of us have when we're thinking about this is what happens when you're looking at the PBGC, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. It's a U.S. government agency. But if you don't just, it's not quite like the FDIC, but it's similar enough to think where it's a safeguard. But go on the PBGC, PB, right? Pension Benefit Guaranteed Corporation, pbgc.gov website, and play around with it. And take a look at the pensions that have gone under Sears, Kmart, United Airlines, Pilots Associations. Oh, what about uh, Transworld Airlines? Remember TWA, flight attendants? See how much, if any, of their pension they still receive. Because the biggest mistake that you want to have is to trust something that isn't there. Especially when you're retired. Right? If you get to that psychological place and you say, I'm done working. I have enough money. It's not about money. My purpose is fulfilled by volunteering twice a week at the elementary school, teaching kids to read. My purpose is, is uh, three times a year I go to Central or South America and I build homes for uh, underprivileged people. Or I volunteer at church feeding homeless. Those, those, that's a great thing to check the box of purpose. But remember, one plus one is still two and you have to pay your mortgage. I should make a rhyme. One plus one is two. I have to pay my mortgage and so do you. Oh my word, I just made that up. Yeah, you can use it, but you heard it here first. How do, how do we make sure we do this right? Well, we do it because we're going to start through life, financially speaking, by knowing what, what your budget is. What does it need? Right, I'm going to get into the, the second half of the hour. I want to talk about some of the pension systems. CalSTRS, so if you're an educator and you're expecting a pension, from them, what does that mean? What's happening? What's coming along the, the pipeline? Uh, we're hoping to have a great interview coming up with somebody from CalSTRS. We're uh, trying to work through those details and, and see if we can get them on the air. How do you... There's And by the way, there's there's some people that, uh, that, that have a pension and a spouse that is owed to them, just like unclaimed property. You've heard us talk about the unclaimed property website for the state of California. There's an unclaimed pension website, and it's also on the pbgc.gov. You can always give us a call. I'll send you in that right direction, at least give you the uh, the, the, the web address, you know, so you can start looking. That's 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Okay, so here's where I want you to pay attention to. There's some plans that the PBGC insures, and you can ask your employer. You could say, hey, employer, can you tell me if this is an insured plan? And if it is, then you ask, well, what's, my, what's our insurance floor? We had a client that was a little over 4200 a month, I believe. And by the time it was done, I think her pension PBGC guarantee was 1700 So, yeah, you have a pension, but it's 1700 Ask around and see what the funding is. I'm going to explain to you the terms. All right. The terms, when they say funding, it's how much money do they have in the bank to pay you? So in a normal pension, if you will, right, what you would call normal, 
is there should be more than 100. 100 is the floor. That means for all the bills due today and in the next year, two, five years, we have 100%. We have, a, we have every dollar that we owe you, we have it. And we're, we're hopefully going to earn some interest on that money before we give it to you. So we're going to keep the interest for the next guy. And we're going to give you the, the, the money. You've put money in all the, the working years. But statistically speaking, you're probably not going to get all of that money. At least some of you won't because they used it to pay other people. So your money is gone. It was paid to the, the, the teacher that taught you and the principal that left four years ago. So now it's time for your, your pension to be to, to, to have dollars, hopefully that it's earning interest, funded. How much is it funded? So what are we seeing? We're seeing across the board numerous pensions that are in the 60s, 62, 63. That means there's only 60%. So if they owe you $5,000, they only have 3000 So they're going to steal from the principal. Oh, steal is such a strong word. They're going to borrow. They're going to take it. They're going to wink and nod. They're going to ask permission. permission. I don't care. They're going to take it from you. And when they take it from you, or, or from the, the you know the people that are still putting in, it's gone. And you're going to say what every good employee, worker, union person says. They agreed to it. And you would be correct. They agreed to it. They promised. We gave up three vacation days. We, uh, we gave up uh, larger class sizes. We, we said, we'll take larger class sizes to get a better pet, whatever you guys negotiated to. And at the end, it's still a math game, right? It's still a numbers game. So ask your shop steward. And don't – and listen, there, I was one for the, for the police unions for a little while, for a few years. So my job was to communicate, go to the meetings, communicate what the union heads were talking about, what the updated rules were back at a, a, a union meeting for our group, lay it all out and say, okay, here's, here's what's happening. What I don't want you to do is to just be blown off because a lot of people that are shop stewards like it because of the once a year retreats, twice a year retreats, the free food, whatever it is that they're getting at their shop steward meetings. What I don't want you to do is to take the brush off because there are there's very few pensions. In fact, I can't think of any, and I know a, a good couple dozen of them, that are fully funded. They're 70, 80% at the best, right? And you say, you really stink. Oh, you, you really, really, really stink. Well, see, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm much better because I'm not as, I don't have as many reallys after the pension. I only have one, right? You might say, oh, 85%. You say, we're 85% funded. You guys, that still means you're supposed to take a 15% pay cut in order to break even. So, they have to make some changes, and I think they're going to make it on the back of you, the worker, the retiree, and the taxpayer. That's the only way they're going to fit, fix this problem. If they do, then I'm happy all day long. Right? I'm okay with that. But if they don't, what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to lose their, uh, their pensions. It will be reverted back to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. They'll take a reduction, and the system is going to say, well, at least you're able to get half or two-thirds or whatever was purchased, whatever insurance was purchased. 
right? You know what? You've bought a car before. And if you didn't have enough car insurance on your car and the car crashed and the company says, well, you owe us money. You say, well, I don't have $40,000. My insurance only covered 30000 Well, the lender says, well, tough luck. Write us a check for 10000 or you can make payments. All right, so that's how it works. They're going to give you a certain amount. All right, here's what, what we're expecting, and here's what, prob- what I think part of the problems are. Baby boomers themselves, about 10,000 of them every day turn 65. It's been happening like that since uh, about 2011. So every day, 10,000 turn 65 years of age. And that will happen until uh, 1964, 2019, right about, or sorry, 2029. So as that begins, right, as we start to see in 2029, between now and then, those folks are turning 65. But what's happening? The pensions were built for them to die at a particular age. I'm sorry. It's a bit bit crass. So if they die, then no more pension or it cuts in half for their spouse. But what took place is they forgot to adjust these. As statistically speaking, most of these people, if you're married, right, if you're husband and wife and both of you are 65 years of age, there's a a huge chance, I want to say it's greater than 50%, that one of you will live till age 90. I think it's something like 60%. That means whether the pension's paying out the 100% number to the worker, or if the worker passed away, and to the spouse, the spouse is only going to receive 50 or 75%, whatever the number is, but somebody's going to live till age 90. And when these pensions were built, they didn't expect you to live that long. So they expected to check their watch. We should have 15 people passing away today. No more pension for them. Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Mary. Sorry, Steve. And next, we get to use their money for the next guy. So they needed to make adjustments. But every time they did, what would the employee unions do? They would fight, scream, yell. And they would say things like, we need a pay raise, which means the pensions go higher. Well, then fine. You need to put in more money. We're not going to put in more money. Okay, well then, and it's that circle, right? People uh, go on strike. They get laid off. The whole, the whole uh, circle starts all over again. What you need is a mathematician, somebody who doesn't have uh, a dog in the fight, to say if somebody's earning 80000 a year as an educator with a master's degree, their top step, right, everything, and then they're going to live this particular period of time, statistically speaking, how much should they and everybody else be putting in? And that person will give you a number. So let's play pretend for a minute. I think if they take 15%, yes, that's a lot of money, 15% of your pay and and they don't let you have more than 70% of your pay when you retire. Listen, you can shoot the messenger. It's just math. I'll hold up my calculator as my shield of kryptonite, you know, kryptonite to, to stop the bullet. But uh, the truth is, it's a math formula. And something like that has to work. So they say, listen, you're not going to be able to ever get any more than 70%. We're going to give you a little bit of a matching, though. So when you work, we're going to put money in your 403B. So you'll always have cash money. Now, manage it well. You're smart. Manage it poorly. Tough luck. That's what they're going to say. That's what those defined 
contribution plans are. Defined contributions is where the contribution is predetermined, but the end is a question mark. Defined benefit, the, quant the contribution is a question mark, but the end is a predetermined number. So we, we went for those because the employers thought, oh, how quickly and easy it is to just carry the one and you're going to pass away anyway. But I need you to make sure that you protect yourself because you can protest, you can hold a sign, you can scream and yell, you can do all sorts of things, but one plus one is still two. It doesn't matter if you believe, if you hold six signs, if you really, really, really believe, one plus one is still two, it's not nine. All right, I share this with you because somebody has to tell you the bad news. Every time somebody sticks their head up with a, a plan for, the, for Social Security or a pension or Medicare or anything, health care, everybody shoots them down. Well, then you come up with a plan. Then as soon as they do, everybody jumps on them. Instead of saying, okay, I like these three parts of your plan. Let's take these two parts of mine and one part of his and three parts of hers and let's, let's build a plan together. Instead, they wait for somebody to say something so you can all jump on that person. And scream and yell and, and act self-righteous. One plus one is two. We have $22 trillion in debt. And not only, oh, I don't know. Not only a scenario where people could lose their pensions, but it could cause the cities, counties, states to have huge finance, financial problems. I'll give you some numbers here. We're looking to see, when, when they do the numbers here, right? We started in 2013-14, the 2013-14 school year. What did we have? A thousand, uh, sorry, $506 per student. So for every uh, cost per student, the pension cost, it was 506 per student. In California today, the average is now $1,020. So in four years, it has doubled, doubled on average. So these rising pension costs will eat up significant portions of new funding for the students. That means they will not get new textbooks. That means they will not get. So the teachers can have amazing pay. And why is it everybody's afraid to say, and by the way, you work eight and a half months out of year. Why is it everybody's afraid to say that? I love teachers. You guys, we have them in my family. They take work home. Well, so do I. Give me a CEO or a, a worker who has any desire to grow their, their knowledge who doesn't take work home. Right? Everybody takes work. Well, then manage your time better. I don't know the answer. But when you do the math, and I don't mean every single one. There's some year-round schools. But when you work eight and a half months, right, the average employee doesn't get a week off at Easter and then three weeks or two weeks off at, or four weeks off at Christmas and, and then all summer, two and a half months off at summer or whatever it is, six weeks. That, that's not how it works. So if you want part-time work, you have to work, you have to be paid part-time. So it's a great position. It's very valuable. But you guys, somebody has to pay for this. And if we as a society have come together and said, we're going to pull out all the stops. I don't care. We're going to pay these uh, uh, pension costs, the taxes that it takes. Then you know what? We have agreed. But don't hide it under, well, you just hate working teachers. You just hate public school. You hate, hate. 
Well, listen, I don't hate my Texas Instruments calculator. It just tells me. And who do you think you're serving when you're going to have to tell an educator when she's 78 years old, oh, by the way, your pension is cut by 25%. How is that fair? How is that nice? It isn't. So somebody has to say something to her. Right? Somebody has to, to sit down and say, hey, ma'am, the reason is because, remember, 17 years ago, you guys protested and the politicians were weak, cowards, and they didn't stand up for math. They wanted to be reelected in P.S. They now retire in North Carolina or Florida or Texas. Because you understand that, right? These administrators, they don't retire in California. They take their pension and go somewhere else. All right, guys, when we come back, I'm going to get into a little bit more details on what it's going to take for you to kind of build the next level of your financial life. And how do you protect yourself in retirement? You have a question? Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Thanks for being with me. We'll be back. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. About financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial. Hey, welcome back to the show, the total financial hour. I'm Arif Hallaby, your faithful host, dedicated to helping you uh, hopefully keep things simple, easy to understand. A lot of what we talk about is is simple in the sense of math and logic. It's my world, right? Not yours. So I try to try to simplify it in new stories and, and examples, just so that it's an easy to understand enough. Because part of what I want you to get is the movement, if you will, from what isn't normal. And here's what I mean. Normal 40 years ago was not to have the average everyday uh, blue-collar, even white-collar worker invest their retirement life in the market. That, that, that didn't happen. That wasn't a normal thing. Why? Well, because there wasn't a mechanism. You used to have to have, I don't know, thousands of dollars just to open an account. You weren't important because brokers didn't care much about you because they worked on a fee base and every time you did a trade – And if you didn't do a trade or if you didn't have a certain amount of money, then they just didn't get paid. So just like anybody, they're not interested in working with you. And then this whole 401k world came to be where your employer says, look, we'll set it all up. We're going to give you less of a pension. And as you are paid dollars, take a little bit, throw it over your shoulder, put it into the other account called a retirement account. We'll take it from here. And Wall Street says, don't worry about your pretty little thing. I'll take care of your money. And then they fee it and fee it. Well, by putting all of those dollars in the market, keep an eye about this this as it goes through. Remember this. As you're putting money into a regular uh, system, right? In other words, you're buying shares of mutual funds, stocks, bonds, whatever. Whenever you're buying more things and fewer people are selling, what happens to the price? It goes up. So as it starts to go up in price, we start to see a movement happen, which means the market is at all-time highs, right? It goes up. Now, think about it. The other side of the equation is what? People selling. 
because now you're retired. Now baby boomers who are heavily invested in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds are putting their retirement savings at risk, who don't completely understand what they're doing, not because they're bad, right? They just don't completely understand it. That's just not their thing every day. So what they do instead is they sit down and they say, well, hey, guys, here's what I have. I have a diversified portfolio and I've got this fancy uh, series of pie charts and they've got colors on them and it's 17 page of financial needs analysis that is colorful with graphs and and bars and percentages. Well, ask folks, do they even really, I mean, do, do you really understand it? I don't even mean the the depth of understanding like a financial planner would, but I mean, do you understand it enough to say half of what you should understand, right? Ha, ha, no, the answer is no. There's a few people that are, I, I get it, right? I see them. They're my engineer friends. They ask really detailed questions, uh, sometimes just to let you know that they're smart, not because they really understand the conclusion or the answer or the, the subsequent reasons for for this being it, it what it is. But sometimes, you know, you know those. Some of you ladies are married to them. They're the folks that have to feel like they need to answer a question to justify their presence. All right. But most people truly ask questions because they want to know. And then when they sound think like they sound uh, silly or ignorant, they just back off, tilt their head about 15 degrees, nod, mm-hmm, furrow their brow, do that thing, do a couple of hmm, like they just had an amazing chocolate candy bar. And they, and they look at you and go, well, of course, yes, that's what I want. And then when you say, hey, come and bring your financial plan, I know this is what I used to do. And I would either be at their home or they would come to my office and I'd say, okay, let's take a look at that financial plan. And I would sleep with mine, right? I mean, it, it mattered so much. Maybe next to my bed, I'd hug it at night, try to keep it warm, protect it. And I'd ask them to come in and they would have even more money than I did. And they couldn't even find it. They're like, oh, I couldn't find it. I looked for that thing. I said, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's around here somewhere. It's only been six months. What do you mean? It's just not their thing, right? That's not their thing. So I, I have to understand, uh, I want you to understand a couple of things. Number one, what is it going to take to understand the basics of economics, right? When there's a lot more things, they cost less money. When there's a lot less things, there's a lot it costs more money. Here's a good example. When you are retired and Social Security and pensions were either stopped, capped, or they're not growing, so you're not getting a cost of living increase, right? Social Security, oh, people say, oh, I got a pay raise. And I go, what about your Medicare? Oh, yeah, it went in, went in the front door, went out the back door. It must be illegal to take Social Security money and to pay Medicare directly. So what do they do? They pay you. It's not illegal to tax you. They pay you. They raise the premiums. Up, oh, surprise, it comes in the front door, goes out the back door. Bye-bye. Your Medicare premiums just went up about the same amount as your pay raise for about the last 10 years. Do you think inflation has been down the last 10 years? Negative? Or maybe 1%, 2 3%, depending on what you're buying. So as this transition starts to happen, I want you to focus on a couple of things. What's going to happen to the stock bond mutual fund world? I don't know. Nobody does. But I know if people are selling more because they're now retired, so they're not buying. It's not coming from their paycheck anymore. 
And the millennials don't trust the, the market as much as they used to, right, as much as their, their parents or grandparents, because they were coming of age right around the 2008 collapse. They were privy to those private conversations at the dinner table when the frustrations, the angst, the uh, uncertainty was happening with mom and dad talking about what's going to happen now that the market is down 30% or that they lost 250000 And so you think they're the ones that are going to come behind you. Remember, just like I said, a pension, they're the ones that are going to come behind you, put money in the market so they will buy the shares that you sell because you don't take shares to the grocery store. You take dollars. You don't take shares to your European vacation. You take dollars or euros. So you say, sell the shares, turn them into dollars. Now, in some cases, somebody has to be there to buy them. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't happen. So stay away from these that, in my opinion, that are illiquid, where to try to find a buyer, you have to go to the secondary market. What does that mean? It means there's very few people to buy it. We had this happen the other day. A client comes in and says, oh, I have this uh, particular type of investment my broker put me in. I said, oh, what is it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Let's take a look. So she says, I don't know. So we called to get a value of it to see what it is. They said, well, it's illiquid for the next 16 years. I said, what are you talking about? They said, oh, well, we, we, we took some of their money. We put it into this thing. If they want to sell it, they have to go to the secondary market. And as a favor, we'll do it. And we'll find it basically the Craigslist of stocks, bonds, universe, um, unit investment trust, whatever. They go to the this, this secondary market and they put it on Craigslist and say, who's, who's the highest bidder? Or maybe eBay is a better example because it's an auction site basically where you just say, all right, I, you owe – we, uh, you're valuing it at ninety thousand. That's nice. Uh, we'll give you thirty-five. We'll give you forty. We'll give you forty-two thousand. Okay. If you want to sell it, this guy will give you forty-two. And you say, "Well, forget that." We're seeing those more and more. I don't know why. Because people are afraid. Whenever the market's a little sketchy, a lot of guys will go out and do some funny business. We saw that with the Woodbridge. Right? If you had Woodbridge, you know the bankruptcy court is trying to pay you something. 1GC, global capital, right? We saw that. That's a Ponzi scheme. Brokers that should have known better. You guys, it's just a math problem. Brokers were just following, oh, we are a broker. We're licensed for everything we can do. Stock, bond, mutual, fund, we can annuities. We can do everything. We can do everything. Well, buddy, why didn't you pay attention to that? I mean, it's not that difficult, guys. Keep it simple. You think because you have 17 licenses and 14 designations and, you know, you've been to seven Ivy League colleges or at least you drove by them and you think that now you're smart. And so then why did you lose my money? I mean, I get it, but what did I – I paid for it, right? I paid a fee. What did I buy? I don't know. And that's a fair question for you to ask. Uh, sir, you guys have all of these designations. You have an amazing office. Looks great. So what did I buy? Because I paid you. And I want you to go to the beginning of the time that you started your relationship with them. Four years, eight years. How long ago did you start? Add up the math. How much did you pay in fees from that day till now? And you're going to be close. You're not going to be exact, maybe. And then you say, okay, now what did I put in and how much did it grow to? And if you do the math and it works out in your favor, man, fantastic. I mean, I don't know why we would clap for something that's supposed to be, but but we would clap. We'd say, that's awesome. Good job. Yay. Perfect. Right? I'm okay with that. 
but what did you buy when you've paid all those fees? That's a fair question to ask. Don't feel intimidated because they wear a suit and tie or they have marble on the floor or, you know, his vice president after his name. You understand everybody's a vice president. If you pass your, your training period, everybody gets the title of vice president. So it's not a, you know, necessarily a fancy. I won't use big names, but if it has two names after, you know, if, if the name of the company, financial firm, has two names in it, chances are you're working with the vice president. I'm working with the vice president over at so-and-so. Well, why? Well, just because everybody's a vice president. And then ask yourself, if they have to do that, that seems a little fishy. All right, just say, I want to keep it simple. I want to make reasonable gains. I want to grow my wealth as best I can. And if I, if I lose, the, you know, if the market goes down, I just don't want to lose. Look, we work with fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. That's what we do. Why? Because it's one of the only products that has guaranteed of principle and reasonable gains. If you don't like it, that's okay. You don't have to. But as more baby boomers are investing their money into the stock market to try to catch up for retirement, they're also the ones that are playing a little bit of the gambling game. 8% of baby boomers have their entire 401k in equities. Eight. Okay, well, that's not bad. Well, look, look, the S&P 500 rose 200% over the last 10 years. Well, those are great numbers. But then look at your number. Did you, over the last 10 years, do you have three times what you put in? Because that's what 200% is, right? You put in 100000 today it's worth 300000 If that's the case, then fantastic. Maybe you paid a little bit in fee. Forget it. I, I love it. I'll take that deal. If you make me ten thousand, I'll give you a thousand dollars. If you make me a hundred thousand, I'll probably give you twenty. I'm okay with that. Don't lose my money and have charge me a fee though. Hey, here we go. Uh, we have statistics. Uh, here's a study recently that says baby boomers are more likely to live to ninety or even a hundred years old. So remember that when it comes to uh, retirement, it could be a lot longer journey than it was when you were working, right? You might have worked 30 years and maybe retirement might be 35 years. When I first came on the police department, I was a Los Angeles policeman for almost 11 years before a car accident changed my trajectory of my career, my life. 23 plus years ago, 24 years ago, 25 years ago. So I started in this business 23 years ago. So you can do the math backwards. It's a long time. And I remember when I came on, I was 21 years old, and I'm sitting there. And the, uh, they said, well, kid, you're going to have a pension in 20 years. I'm like, 41 years old with a pension? I'll be dead. 41, that's so old. Who can wait that long? I remember looking at the guys around me saying, oh, 41. Of course, now I'm well past that. I go, oh, that's pretty young. And so back then, what did they have? Well, they had a pension system that was created so that you would do 20 years in public service. Why? Well, because the pay wasn't going to be good. Public service was says, listen, we don't have any money. Mathematically, it's not going to work out to, to tax all of these people for all of these bureaucrats and, and city, state, county workers. So we're just going to give you some really good benefits. We'll pay for your health insurance. Employers never paid for health insurance before. What the heck does your employer have to do with your health insurance? 
Your employer's job is to take care of you and pay you. And that's it. They're not going to pay your house payment, walk over to your, your neighbor's house and, and uh, you know, trim your tree and, and uh, I'm going to put in a pool for you. That's all your responsibility. But somehow, somewhere, an employer's job became to, to take care of your health insurance. All right. And so as that began to take place, right, as that transition, public employees said, well, all right, look, I'll take a job with the post office. I'll take a job with the government because at least I can't get fired. Pretty good benefits. And I have a pension. Until people said, we can't afford to live on this. So all of a sudden, they, they wanted all the goodies. They wanted to never get fired. Ask Lois Lerner. They wanted to never get fired. Ask, uh, you know, except for Andy McCabe. Oh, my gosh, my heart broke that night. <laughs> Right. Or except for some of those folks, right, that uh, that went on to get their pensions. I think Mr. Comey still has his pension, doesn't he? Yeah. Hmm. You can be as treasonous as you as you can in the United States sometimes if you're of the right political party. Still receive your pension. I mean, do you understand what I mean? Try to do that at any publicly traded company. The shareholders would throw somebody out on their ear. And so. As a government employee, that means you, the taxpayers, are paying for their pension. And as we pay for their pension, we would say, well, listen, they sacrificed when they could have been out there in the private sector making a lot more money. And today, it's not that way anymore. You could be a GED. That means not even a high school diploma. And on the fire department or police department, making 110, 130000 a year. With the GED, with a two-month vacation, full-paid medical. So the concept of trying to understand the commensurate amount, I work hard, I get paid. I'm not saying they don't work hard. Of course they do. I was one. I can tell you. There were some, some slugs out there is what we call them. But I don't want you to be the one who is left holding the hot potato when the music stops. Because it's going to stop. You can't say we're going to pay an, a teacher 90000 75000 a year, whatever the number is. Listen, I know some school districts are forty, fifty thousand. I know that. But you can't say that you're going to pay substantial amounts of money for police, fire, public employees, uh, Caltrans. I don't mean they're bad people, you guys. Separate the two. It's just a math game. And then they're going to live till 90 years old. And they have built-in cost of living increase of 2%, 3%. That means no matter what, come heck or high water, their, num- their money's going to double. Every 20 years, 25 years, double. 25 years, double. So that's important that you pay attention to that because it can make a difference in the rest of us when we retire. All right, so that's baby boomers heavily invested in stocks, bonds. Be careful that we see a lot of movement there. Maybe it's time to start moving stuff outside of the risk world. Maybe it's time to say, take some of my winnings, move it off the table. All right, here's some, uh, roughly some things I want to touch on. If you're planning to retire in 2019, and a lot of you are, middle of the year starts to come around, the end of the year starts to come around, and you say, I'm going to start retiring, I'm going to, to work on those numbers. Here's what we're saying. We expect 60% of the workers, they actually had to stop before they intended to retire because of things like layoffs, health issues. So 
Many people who planned on working for a period of time didn't end up, oh, I'm going to do six more years. Well, health reasons or or uh, layoffs or work conditions. I said, I'm just not going to do this anymore. So number one, know your expenses. What does it cost me each month to live? Should I pay off my house? What is my mortgage going to be? And should I pay it off beforehand? For many of you, that's part of the plan. Pay off your house, live in it. Now, are you going to, well, think about this. Are you going to, uh, is it a single story house? And are you going to stay there? If it's a single story home and you're going to stay there, I'm much more inclined to say, hey, it might make sense financially to pay off your house. But if it's a two-story house, you plan on following your daughter, your only child, who's, gonna, who's pregnant with your only grandchild, when she gets a job wherever, after her internship is done or when the new company moves, or then don't put the money in the house just to take it back out and pay a fee called a, a sales commission to the real estate broker. No need to do that because you're going to leave, right? If it's a two-story house... I want you to research elevators. I learned this. It's pretty amazing. You can actually put an elevator, not those chairlift things that go up and, you know, takes 15 hours to get upstairs, right? You see the, coming down for breakfast. Ma, it's 9 p.m. I'll be there, right? It's those things move a little slow. I'm not talking about that. What I want is for you to look at an elevator. Why is that important? Because one, they're cool. And two, they're not very expensive. Comparatively speaking, to paying the sales commission and moving across town or trying to find a single-story house, new property taxes if you're not covered under the, the Prop 13, look at just adding an elevator. Now, your home has to be laid out properly and all the rest has to work, but, but consider that. And then you might say, well, I'm going to pay off my house because I can stay here. I can age in place. Or maybe downstairs you have a master bathroom. I'd love to see if it has a shower or some sort of a walk-in tub kind of thing. Because as you get older, now more importantly for us, our parents might be older and one of them living with us. And as that starts to take place, the downstairs bathroom is going to be for them first and their bedroom. So number two, what's the cost of health care? I'm hoping that this whole repeal of Obamacare and replacement, you know what my health insurance did. I went from $872 a month with a $4,000 deductible. Three years later, it's $3,200 and something dollars per month with a $12,000 deductible. I mean, do the math on that, you guys. That's fifty grand before the insurance company says, and we're going to pay a dollar. $50,000. It's just like having, and that's supposed to be a good insurance plan. It's just like having, remember the old catastrophic plan? where you would pay 400 bucks a month, but you're responsible for the first 15000 in deductible or whatever, except they used the worst of one, which is the high deductible, and the one that said no deductible will cover everything, anytime, anywhere. That's the $3,000 a month, but they don't. It's the worst on one side and the worst on the other. Thank you, President Obama. The Obamacare plan hopefully will be changed. And if you guys, listen, I don't agree with this president 100% of the time. I don't agree with my wife 100% of the time. But do I agree with what he's doing? Maybe not everything he's saying, but do I agree with what he's doing? Heck yeah, most of the time, most things, right? Okay, some things I don't. But what, 
what you expected any president to run their decisions by you? You expected to be consulted and said, okay, I got to speak to Mary Jones in La Habra. Let's talk to Mary. Mary, what do you think I should do? This is a president of the United States. I'm talking about Israel. And when, you know, should I? Of course not. So you, what you do as an intelligent, mature individual is you weigh it. You say, hey, I agree with more, then I disagree. And if I do, then I vote for that person. And when it comes to what hurts me the most pocketbook-wise, it's the health insurance mess. So if he fixes it, I, I'm forever grateful. So know your expenses, and health care can be one of them. Another thing for retirement, if you're planning on retiring this year, Understand your social security strategy. Speak with an expert because here is what we are finding. If you have, one of you has a lower health uh, social security benefit and one of you has a higher one, we are finding that clients that delay the higher one till age 70 and then take the smaller one as soon as 62. Because as soon as one of you pass away, you lose the lower one anyway, even if it's a dollar difference. Boom, gone. And you get the higher of the two. So I would prefer that you have the highest of the higher of the two. Wait. And then what happens is you're in a position to use that lower amount. Yes, it, it might be taxed. And yes, it's coming in the front door. And yes, there may be some issues, whatever. But if you're retired and you can take that 62, use it to pay off the house. Use it to, to buy that new car. Use it to put in that elevator into your new house or the... Uh, you know, escalator, if you have one of those, right? you could do anything. Use it to put in that whirlpool or change the bathtub, the bathroom, so you can have something that fits for your aging needs. All right, just some ideas, guys, if you're planning on retiring in 2019. Uh, hey, listen, you can always go to, to um, tfswealth.com. It stands for Total Financial Solutions. So tfswealth.com. Or give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888 Three eight four seven, and this is the Total Financial Hour. Every week at this time on AM eight seventy, the answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halabi. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.